Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time again for Focus. This morning, we're talking about car care, and we've got an expert with us, Zach Essex, the owner and senior technician at Good Honest Mechanic. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I have so many questions, mostly about my car, but we have so many questions to ask you. So let's start maybe with some general car care information, things that you think everybody should know or you'd like to help everybody know. Everybody needs a little education about mm-hmm. their car, and that's what we're here for. Okay. You know, we're here to help teach you about your car and what's going on with your car. What are some of the most common things that you find people are unaware of that are most useful to them? Normal maintenance. They tend to not get their maintenance checked on time. Mm-hmm. They go you know, way over on oil changes, and then they wonder why the, the engine's making noise yeah. or why the car won't start. You know, A lot of the newer cars, if they go low on oil... It's got an ignition override. It won't start. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when is the recommended oil change time? Because I know some people like, well, they say 5,000, they say 3,000, and I just like, You can check your owner's manual. All the owner's manuals tell you. uh, My personal preference is three to 5,000. Three to 5,000 miles. Mm, Depending on if it's a newer vehicle or an older vehicle. Uh, Newer vehicles, you know, I recommend four to 5,000 miles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Older vehicles, anything 2,005 and older. Um, three to four thousand. And why the difference? Technology. The technology has changed in the vehicles over the, over the course of the last five to ten years. There's been drastic changes in in technology in the vehicles. In what way? Uh, tolerances in the engine. They're they're producing them to get more mileage out of them. The tolerances in the engine are so much smaller. That's the reason why most people don't know this, but oil specs have changed. You know, the oil that we used to use in our cars in the '80s and '90s. We're not using that anymore because the tolerances have changed in the engine. What is the tolerance? The tolerance is the clearance in between the moving components. Yeah. Uh, so what that does is with if you use a thicker oil like we used to use back in the 80s and 90s, that thicker oil doesn't get down into the areas that need to be lubricated like they do in today's cars. So you're the, using a lot thinner oil in today's cars. Because it's like more tightly put together, more Correct. precisely put together. Correct. Okay, so the tolerances, and older cars still need that type of oil or just need oil changes more often? Older cars are going to use what they recommended back then, which was generally a, a 10W30. Okay. Um, newer cars, they're getting, some are, are getting a, a 0W16, which is almost like water. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the oil is, is getting thinner and thinner, and like I said, the reason why is so that way it gets into those tighter, tighter spaces faster. Oh. What about heat? Do older cars overheat more than newer cars? Is there a difference there with the technology? The overheating, as long as you keep cooling in your vehicle, and the vehicles, everything's working properly in the vehicle, mm-hmm. everything should be staying cool. Older cars tend to run cooler than new, newer cars do because of the thermostats that are in them. The manufacturers have found that by getting an engine hotter, it actually runs better. It runs more efficient. So they're, they're running a little hotter than what they used to, mm-hmm. but because of that, you're also having more issues with overheating. Oh, so you really have to stay on top of it with a newer car. Absolutely. Because letting the engine get to a higher temperature is more efficient? Why? Because it, it burns the, the fuel more efficiently. Whoa. So it helps for emissions, and we all know the government is trying to get you know emissions down as far as they can get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate seeing... One of those old trucks going down the road that looks like they're 
spraying for mosquitoes or something. Yep, absolutely. And and that still happens in some of the older cars. So if you're just joining us, we're talking with Zach Essex, the owner of uh, owner and senior technician of Good Honest Mechanic in Hendersonville. Uh, we're talking about first of all some general car care. So make sure you do the maintenance. Make sure you do the oil changes. What other general mm-hmm. maintenance do we m- need to make sure to take care of that people probably don't all, think of? All of your fluids need to be serviced at, at intervals, um, depending on the fluid, depending on the manufacturer, depends on what mileage interval. So, again, you always want to check your owner's manual, or you can check with your auto repair shop. Um, mm. They should be able to tell you what the uh, intervals are for each fluid. You know, most of us are never going to read that owner's manual. Correct. We're going to maybe Google it online. How often do I change the fluids in my whatever car? And do Are there sites that tend to be accurate? Are there any sites that you go to or would recommend to a customer? Because you know that's probably where they're going to go first. The, the stuff that we use is subscription-based, mm. so it, we have to subscribe to it to get that information. The because professional stuff. Yes, because all that stuff is manufacturer-recommended uh, it comes from the manufacturers into that database and then that to us. Okay. So possibly if we're going to Google something, we could go to the manufacturer website. Absolutely. Okay. Or you can just pick up the phone and call your, your mechanic. You know, we're not attorneys. We don't charge for phone calls. Nice. I like that. <laughs> um, what about tires? All tires are different. Um, again, you know, you can get a cheap tire, tires that may last you, 30,000 miles, or you can spend a little more money and get a better tire. Uh, tires that you'll, will last you 80,000 miles. Best thing is just keep track of them, check them periodically, um, get them rotated, get the air pressure checked in them. Proper air pressure is important for not only the wear of the tires, but also the fuel mileage of your vehicle. Mm-hmm. On If you're driving around with tires that are 10 pounds low, you have a higher rolling resistance, so you're going to burn more fuel oh. than what you would if your tires were at proper specs. Okay. And you don't want them like balloons either, because you're only going to be riding on part, Correct. part of the tire. If you overinflate, that that affects traction. You're yeah. going to get less traction on an overinflated tire. Because not all of it's going to hit the ground. Correct. Okay. Uh, is there such thing as a, a car care kit, basic stuff that we should keep in the car, or do we just like plan to call our good, honest mechanic right away if something happens? That depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people are more comfortable with... Checking their fluids, checking their tire pressure, you know, making sure that all this stuff is accurate. Some people don't know anything about their vehicle, so they, I've honestly had customers that have called in and, and put washer fluid in their coolant reservoir. Whoops. Or ver- vice versa. Yeah. So, uh, you know, not everybody is comfortable with opening the hood and, and checking what's underneath the hood and topping off fluids if needed. So if you're comfortable with it, absolutely, you know, I'd recommend leaving a quart of oil in there leaving a quarter transmission fluid if uh, if your vehicle is transmission serviceable. Um, you know, check it, your, leave an air gauge in there so you can check your tire pressure. Mm-hmm. J- just a, a little, just a small box. Maybe yeah. a set of jumper cables if, if you have the room for them. Yeah. Um, or they actually make uh, little battery packs that are, are one-person jumper cables. You don't have to have another vehicle. Oh, wow. So. Okay. And I was recently turned on to a portable air compressor. Mm-hmm. It's like tiny little thing, mm-hmm. and it fits in your trunk or almost in your glove box. It's so small, and it plugs into your cigarette lighter. So if your tire is low, hopefully it can get you enough air in it to get you to the You to can use those. Uh, a lot of your gas stations have tire pump or air pumps at them. Um, Fewer or you, than before. Correct. I've noticed. Because less people are using them. Okay. Um, 
you know, and you can always just stop by any auto repair shop, any tire shop. You know, most all of your auto repair shops or tire shops will check your tires for free. Okay. At, you know, get you in, get you out type of thing. Okay, good, good, good. At what point do we say, okay, this is beyond my ability. I need to go to a mechanic. Is it the comfort zone thing? Absolutely. You know, it depends on what your comfort level is. Uh, I've got customers that check engine light will come on. They will might have a little handheld scanner. They're comfortable with scanning it, uh, seeing what the, the light's on for, and oh. seeing if they can tackle it from there. And, and you know, if it gets above their, their knowledge base, then then they give us a call. I've got other customers that as soon as that light comes on, they're, they're calling us. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what does this mean? <laughs> and that's what we're here for. Again, we're here to educate. We're here to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's questions that I can ask you over the phone to help me direct you on what the next move is. Yeah. Um, you know, is the light flashing? If the light's flashing, you know, you've got a misfire. You want to get it checked out as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, if the light's just on, the vehicle's driving fine, just get it to us at your earliest convenience. So the, depending on what's going on with your vehicle, uh, if it feels like the tire's going to fall off, Pull over, call a tow truck, get it towed to us, because we don't want that to happen Yes, to you. exactly. Have you ever seen that happen? Absolutely. Whoa. Just had one a couple weeks ago. What, what happens? How does that happen? Generally, the customer will get back from a tire shop or, you know, we'll have some brake work or something done to it, and whoever did the work didn't get the tire on tight, which mm-hmm. was the circumstances with that one. Um, he got some tire work done at a tire shop. Uh, a week before and was driving down the interstate and all of a sudden his tire passed him going down the interstate oh my gosh how horrifying what do i do if i'm driving down the road and i see my tire passing me well you're in trouble at that point <laughs> i can't help you there <laughs> get it get it to the side of the road as safely as possible and and uh you know call a tow truck get it towed to us you really don't have much of an option at that point are, are there certain like procedures like if my right front tire falls off i need to try and go to the right or or I can't then get, I don't know. Again, it just depends on the circumstances. You know, if you're closer to the right shoulder than the left or <laughs> yeah. vice versa, just you know, get it off the road as fast as possible. Golly. So will the car stay up on three wheels? No. So it just it goes down it, immediately. It's going to drop. Kaboom. Yep. yep. Uh, if I'm looking on buying another car, mm-hmm. are there things to look for that are different in buying a new car versus a used car? Well, if you're buying a new car, obviously you're looking for comfort. You're looking for, you know, something that you like. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. Mileage doesn't matter, you know, stuff like that because it's it's new. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you can't you can't predict the future and anything that's new, you expect it to last. Yeah, true. Um, not always the case, but you expect it to. Uh, if you're buying a used car, you know, we do pre-purchase inspections. We don't charge for those because we'd rather find the problems with the cars before the customers purchase them rather than them purchase them and then have buyer's remorse because they've got all these problems after they purchase it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but wait, so, wait, wait. That, that would be like good job security for you if I had to come in over and over because I bought a lemon. It would be, but at the same time, it's, it builds us a good rapport with you. Yeah. you know, if you bring your car to us to do a pre-purchase inspection, we don't charge you for it, and we catch three things that could potentially cost you, you know, a couple thousand dollars or more yeah. After you purchase it, so it keeps you from buying that vehicle, then you know we get your trust, we get your future business. Why is it important to you that your customers trust you? I know it's important to me as a customer that I can trust my mechanic, but why is it important to you? Is it because it just makes repeat customers, or because that's is that your mission, or why? We want our customers to trust what we say. You know, what if we tell you something, we don't want you having to second guess. Well, is that the truth? 
You know, it's like going to your doctor. You know, you want to trust what your doctor tells you mm-hmm. instead of going, maybe I need a second opinion. Mm-hmm. You want to trust them. So mm-hmm. you want that good rapport with your with your doctor. You want that good rapport with with your repair facility, your mechanic. Yeah. You know, again, we're, we're here to educate. We love educating people. And by doing the pre-purchase inspection, we can educate people about their the vehicle that they're looking at. Oh, here's um, what to look for on your next one. Absolutely. Um, we have people all the time that come in that the vehicle that, that they currently have isn't worth the repairs. And they're like, well, what do I need to look for in a new vehicle? And it a lot of times we get into an hour-long conversation to help that customer narrow down what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, because most people don't know what they want. They just know they want four four wheels and a steering wheel with an engine and a transmission that will go right. from point A to point B. Um, and that's not always the case. That's not what you need in a vehicle. Yeah. It's what you want. Yeah. It's what everybody wants, but it's not what you need. So I help them narrow down to what they need, price range, mileage, mm-hmm. You know, what kind of mileage are they looking for on a vehicle. Um, but the biggest thing when buying a vehicle is doing research. Once you get it narrowed down to what you want, get online and start doing research. The internet is is your best friend when you're buying anything nowadays, especially a vehicle, because you never know when you're buying used, you never know what you're getting. You could be getting somebody else's problems or you could be getting something that, you know, an 80 year old woman had that it was garage kept and she had it in the shop every thousand miles getting an oil change on it. Yeah. You never know. So the research would be, first of all, possibly the reviews on this brand of car, on this make and model of car, rather? You want to check pricing. You know, if uh, you're looking at a particular vehicle at one dealership, Mm -hmm. you want to compare it to that same or similar vehicle at multiple other dealerships. Okay. Because you may find out that that dealership is $1,000, $2,000 more than what everybody else is selling it for. Right. Um, You also might find out that somebody else has better options for that same price on that vehicle. So again, the internet is is your best friend when it comes to researching mm-hmm. for for vehicles of what you want. We're talking with uh, Zach Essex, owner and senior technician at Good Honest Mechanic in Hendersonville. What about car warranties? I don't know if you can speak on this or not. I I had found on buying a used car that they said this is a warranty. It's only two thousand dollars extra. We'll finance it in with the payments, and it covers bumper to bumper. I found out later it didn't. Did not. Correct. Bumper to bumper to them meant like maybe just the drivetrain. Drive so if my drivetrain falls out yes. or something, so but what, nothing else. So what the drivetrain is, is pretty much anything that has internal lubrication. Your engine, your transmission, um, if it's a rear wheel drive, the rear differential assembly. If it's a four wheel drive, the front differential assembly. But it's just what's lubricated by oil. Mm-hmm. It doesn't include the alternator, AC compressor. Uh, it doesn't include any of the interior parts. It doesn't include anything that they would consider maintenance. So your fluids. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't include any anything that you would expect in a in a bumper to bumper coverage. Transmission. It would cover the internal problems of a transmission. If you had an external issue, say the transmission shift cable went bad, not that's not covered. Mm-hmm. If uh, you know if if the transmission starts slipping, if if you're hitting the gas and it's revving up but not going anywhere, that would be covered on the transmission. Mm-hmm. But uh, anything that's external, again, anything that's internally lubricated, if it touches fluid, that would be covered by a powertrain warranty generally. So how do we ask ahead of time to find out exactly what the warranty covers? I mean, then they'll give you this, you know, sheets and sheets of stuff that most of us don't understand. What can we ask specifically to make sure it's going to cover what we think it does? If you're purchasing the extended warranty, Mm -hmm. I would stay away from it. Warranty companies are like insurance companies. 
just like any other company. They're out to make money. Yeah. So their goal is to sell you this for more than what they're going to pay out. True. My recommendation is almost always steer away from an extended warranty mm. that you have to purchase. Now, if they give you a 30-day, 3,000-mile warranty when you purchase the vehicle for free that says that they'll cover you know, a bumper-to-bumper or a powertrain warranty in that time frame, that's great. It's free. If it happens, it happens. Again, you don't expect it to. Mm-hmm. But there are certain circumstances that that does happen to. Yeah. I, for instance, bought a vehicle for my wife, uh, 65,000 miles, and two days after we bought it, the alternator went out. Mm-hmm. Well, they give me a 30-day, 3,000-mile warranty with it. I called them up, and, hey, bring it to us. We'll take care of it. Hmm. But you don't expect stuff like that to happen. Yes, exactly. But it's nice to have if it's there. If it's if it's offered. Because I mm-hmm. did find that for my $2,500 or whatever bumper-to-bumper warranty, it didn't cover anything mm-hmm. that had happened in the next few years. It yeah. didn't cover anything. Yeah. And so I was disappointed. In my thought process, but I'm not an expert, I was like, you know, when I hit that bridge again, I'm not going to go there. But if you feel more secure doing it, then then get the bumper-to-bumper warranty. They're get whatever selling, you feel secure doing, but know that. Yeah, they're selling you a peace of mind is what they're selling you. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, you're not going to use that warranty for the amount that you've paid for it. Yeah, okay. So then you could maybe go to your good, honest mechanic. Correct. And get things taken care of for a lot cheaper. You mentioned earlier rotating the tires as part of the regular maintenance. How often should the tires be rotated? The tires should be rotated every five to 8,000 miles, depending on your oil changes. Oh. Um, if you're doing an oil change every 5,000 miles, recommend doing it every 5,000 miles. If you're doing an oil change every 3,000 miles, then do it every other oil change at 6,000 miles. Oh. Or if you're doing your oil change at 4,000 miles, you can do it every other oil change at 8,000 miles. So it depends on your oil change interval. Uh, the best thing to do is just get them rotated when you get your oil change done. If, even if you are doing an oil change every 3,000 miles, you can do those tire rotations every 3,000. And it won't hurt, will it? It will not hurt anything. It, it just keeps those tires wearing evenly. And that's that's the difference, because if your tire wears unevenly, the whole 80% of the tire might be great, but then you've got a bald side of it, a slick side of it that is a hazard. Absolutely. And that that's, that bald side or that slick side is going to wear out and cause that tire to fail on you, mm-hmm. which is going to leave you sitting on the side of the road, which is going to cause you to have to call a tow truck. All that money when you could have just had the tires rotated. That's it. I talked to uh, an ASE certified mechanic uh, in a focus interview a couple of years ago, and he said that tended to be one of the number one causes of breakdowns was tires, yes. tire problems, people stuck on the side of the road because of tire problems. Do you find that th- that's a lot of the issues that your your people are dealing with when they're like, oh, I'm stuck? Yeah. I mean, if you look at cars sitting on the side of the road on, on the side of 65 when you're driving, most of them are sitting on a flat tire. Yeah, that makes sense. What else do you think is important that listeners know about car care, car maintenance, maybe even driving habits that would make their car last longer? Doing a jackrabbit start or a hard acceleration off of a start mm-hmm. is extremely hard on a vehicle. Why? You, you tend to wear your engine out a lot faster because you're going from zero to 100 in a short period of time mm-hmm. um, versus just a gradual start. Um, it's also hard on tires because then it tends to spin the tires, which causes it to wear the tires. Right. Um, it's also hard on motor mounts. It's extremely hard on motor mounts because every time you hit that gas at a hard, hard acceleration, that's pulling on that motor, which is pulling on that mount. So a motor mount is the thing that 
joins the motor to the body of the car or the frame of the car? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. All, all motors are mounted in, in rubber mounts um, and that aids in when you hit the gas, you're not feeling the vibration of that engine through your seat. Oh. So all engines and transmissions are mounted in rubber mounts. Um, and those will tend to wear. And, you know, we have people coming in complaining of it. Their car feels like it's vibrating when they're sitting at an idle. That's because the motor mounts are, are worn out on it. Or when they hit the gas, they're feeling a thud when they first take off. That's because the motor mount's torn. Um, generally, that's due to those hard jackrabbit starts. And your engine's moving around. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So can you tell what kind of a driver a person is when they bring their vehicle into you? They're like, I don't know what's wrong. It's making a noise and it feels funny. Can you look at the car and go, I can think I can tell you why it's making noise and feels funny. In certain circumstances, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I drive like a little old lady. I don't know what's wrong. And the tires are all worn out and the motor mounts are all broken. If you're bringing us your car every 10,000 miles for brakes, <laughs> there's probably a reason why. I've been thinking about getting another car, and I was thinking about getting a manual transmission. What would you recommend to your client, like me, uh, what would you recommend to your clients about getting uh, automatic versus a, a manual transmission? Manual transmissions are getting harder to find mm -hmm. because everybody wants that automatic. Nobody yes. wants to have to shift gears. Right. So manual transmissions are getting harder to find, even in sports cars where that used to be the standard. Right. You know, it used to be a manual transmission was in every sports car. Um, most sports cars now have automatic transmissions because mm -hmm. it's, it's a luxury. It's a convenience. It's a comfort. And is it better on the engine? Better on the transmission? Depends on the driver. <laughs> if you do it well, then it's okay. But if you grind it, like most people probably do. Yep. yep. So because they're getting harder to find, does that mean it might be getting harder to find the parts for and to repair? Generally, you have less maintenance, less repairs on a manual transmission uh, because there's less moving parts. Because you're directly engaging mm -hmm. rather than... Yeah, you don't have all the clutches and the electronics and all of that going on inside of a manual transmission that you do on an automatic. Uh, you know, on an automatic, everything's internal. On a manual, the clutch is external. Mm -hmm. And generally, that's the highest repair, the only repair that most people will ever have on a manual transmission is replacing the, the clutch itself. After you've shifted wrong and worn the teeth yeah. off of it. Yeah, you just, just burn it up. <laughs> So, Zach, would you give me a bumper-to-bumper -bumper warranty if I got one of those? If you buy a new one, the manufacturer will give you one, yes. <laughs> Speaking of the manual transmissions and older cars and things that are kind of becoming more obsolete, another option I had been considering would be to get, like, a classic car. Are there pros and cons to buying an older car that that has just more like almost stock stuff is there are there pros and cons to that classic cars tend to have a whole lot more maintenance on them uh, because they're older the parts are older on them mm -hmm. so they're wearing out more often mm -hmm. um, you know most classic cars haven't been maintained properly mm. um, now you do have some that have been completely restored bumper to bumper and and you know frame off restorations and somebody that's put a whole lot of money into it so that way they don't have that repair cost True. every month Right. Okay. So just plan on extra maintenance if you're going to get something that's older. Yes. And speaking of, since my car is uh, 2004, mm -hmm. there are things that are starting to break on it, things that are starting to go out on it. If we're going to keep a car for a while, what are things that we should start looking out for? Like, do we need to change out not only fluids, but like hoses and rubber and plastic parts? And I mean, what, do, what is maintenance for an older car? What does that look like 
as compared to one that's newer? Yeah. So all your rubber components, your belts, your hoses, all of that, um, they all have lifespans on them. Uh, you know, the older the vehicle, obviously, the the more you're going to want to replace those parts. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to keep an eye on those parts because they are going to start giving you problems. Um, it is obviously recommended to replace those before they get to that point. Um, I actually spoke with somebody at Monroe the other day, which is Cisterian uh, uh, suspension parts, mm-hmm. and they actually recommend replacing shocks and struts at 80,000 miles. Whoa, just replacing? Just replacing them because the they start to wear and they're not holding your tires to the ground properly to keep best traction for braking and keep the, your tires from wearing. So basically a car as old as mine, I should have a 2004, I should have like just said, okay, just replace everything on it at this point or... Because I think I've kind of been letting it, well, that one just blew out, and that one just broke, and then we fixed that. So it's not cost-effective, it doesn't seem like, to just go, hey, let's just do everything. It's not cost-effective, but to keep your vehicle from breaking down and leave you on the side of the road, Mm -hmm. sometimes that's what's needed to be done. Could we have our good, honest mechanic look at it and tell... This looks kind of crunchy. This one's getting kind of yeah, absolutely. Or... You can bring it in for just a, a, an inspection. Uh, we do inspections on every oil change, um, you know, just to give you a heads up on what's going on or what you might be needing in the future. Oh, that's good. Um, and you know, with us, if you bring your car in and let's say you got two thousand dollars worth of repairs that need to be done to it. And obviously, you can't afford $2,000 in repairs right now, which mm-hmm. a lot of people can't. Right. We will sit down with you and we'll prioritize and get a schedule to where this needs to be done. This is safety. Um, this can wait a little longer. It's more of a maintenance item. So we, we sit down with our customers. We're, you know, we're not here just to take your money. Right. We're here to help you and, like I said, educate you about your vehicle. Because most people have no idea what's going on with their vehicle. They get in it. They drive it. They put gas in it. And they go to work. Until it doesn't drive. And then we... Don't know yep. who to call. Yep. So that, again, is why we should be able to have trust in our mechanic uh, and in our repair people, because we need to know that they're not just saying, well, you know, you're going to need this on down the line. And I think people have a fear that they're just trying to set up something so they can make some money off of me. Unfortunately, there's a lot of shops out there that will do that. Mm-hmm. I'm unfortunately enough to be in the business that has that bad reputation for trying to get your money to upsell and for parts that you're not needed. Yeah. Um, and if we can show you what's going on with the vehicle, if we can show you what's going on with the part that's mm-hmm. failed, we will always more than happy to show you. Yeah. I, I show customers, even though they have no idea what they're looking at, I'll show them, look, this is, this is your component. This is what's failed on it. Right. You know, this is the reason why it's failed. This is the reason why we had to replace it. Now, obviously, with all the electronics in vehicles nowadays, you can't always show, physically show you what's going on and why that part failed. It could be an electrical failure. Yeah, true. I appreciate the fact that you you being in a field where some people, some bad apples have kind of given uh, the the field a bad rep Mm -hmm. in some points. And I do know how much it differs. I had two different people from the same company come out to do an air conditioning unit inspection that I had paid for as a service to have it done a couple of times a year or whatever. And one said, you know, there's a so-and-so and it's only going to cost uh, 400 and something dollars and uh, we can go ahead and write that up now. And I said, I just need to hold off because I don't have that much money. 
And then he said, well, it's not going to you know, do anything right off the bat, but you're going to need it. So the next guy who comes out did the inspection a few months later and said, hey, everything's perfect. I was like, well, wait a minute. I need to be able to depend on you guys to have a certain level of credibility and a level of quality. Like if yeah. he saw it and it's real, you missed it. And if he, he said it and it's not real, then that's still bad. So either way, that was not dependable and reliable. And we have to have somebody that we can count on. Correct. And we get customers every once in a while that will come in and I can tell by the look on their face that they you know, don't really believe what we're saying. And I tell them, go get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we have nothing to hide. Like I said, if there's something we can show you, we're more than happy to show it to you. Um, but we have absolutely nothing to hide. So if yeah. we get a customer that does question what we're doing, I always tell them, take it somewhere else and get a second opinion. And transparency is key. Absolutely. For a customer. Absolutely. If you ask your mechanic to show you something and, and they tell you they can't or they won't, then you need to take it somewhere else. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. It's uh, Zach Essex, owner and senior technician at Good Honest Mechanic in Hendersonville. We'll put some links on our Focus Facebook page. Thank you again. Thank you. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.